Welcome to track number five of Take Up Your Cross. How many can see that it's a very terrible thing for sacrifice to be taken away? It's the sin of desolation. Mercy. Are you afraid of this thing? How many are getting more scared? That's why Sudan, nobody cares about Sudan. Sudan, Chad. Pastor, you are thinking too far now. Chad. Somalia. Leave it for Muslims. North of Ghana. Bogatanga. And all these places. Oh, your, your emotionalism is too high. One day I, I told the pastor I was going to Tamale. He said, hey. You have anointing for such places. I don't have anointing for such places. Just tamale. Just tamale. So you have anointing for such places. Too far. We have enough people all over the churches where we would have said, I mean, you think about the churches that are so huge. This one is going here. This one are going here. Ten families are going here. Twenty families. Ten, 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 five, ten. All these places preaching, building church, sending money from London, America here into all these places, filling the places, doing our own home education for our children in our schools, in the houses. But when you see just one white man in the village far away going around, and I asked him, when will you? He said, it's endless. We have not even reached the end of the road. You go and go go for miles, there's always a village. You don't know where it even ends, where it starts, where it ends. It's unmapped. It's Ghana. And there are people. Nobody cares. Everybody just go to hell. Please. Go to hell. Just go to hell. You see, that's one of the reasons why evangelism has become important. Not even church planting. And I, I perhaps that is why. Because the church planting won't get there. Would you, if you were Jesus, you were Jesus who had died for a lot of people. Would you prefer to have a lot of people saved and immature but go to heaven than a few mature ones who go to heaven? Which one? A lot immature ones just be ushered in than just a few stable, deep ones. Eh? So it reaches a point where evangelism now becomes more important than church planting. And that's why I have started going into evangelism more than even church planting. And some of you, the reason why you are even supposed to go to certain countries is to facilitate evangelism in that country. You start a church, you do whatever it is to facilitate evangelism. What if we say we are coming to church? Who do we know there? Even when we arrive there, where do we go? What do we do? But if it's Nigeria, we know where we are going. If it's Togo, we know where we are going. We have somebody there. If it is uh, Burkina Faso, Marcel is there. If it is Cameroon, Yaoundé, we know who to go to there. If it's Swaziland, we know what we are doing. If it's Zambia, if it's Uganda, we, everywhere we can go. If it's Nairobi, if it's Ethiopia, this Ababa, we can go. If it's Zimbabwe, we can enter. If it's South Africa, if it's Port Elizabeth, all these towns we know what. But if it's Chad, we don't know. <laughs> if it's Guinea-Bissau, we don't know. If it's Senegal, we don't know. God is looking for somebody. From his barren church, his desolate church, sending them to South America, to the Caribbean, to Africa. Amen. 
And the number one enemy is anybody who is an antichrist. He's against it. And the number two is Judas. Then took Mary a pound of ointment. And we are just ending with that. Very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Who was against this woman's sacrifice? Judas. So Judas is also somebody who doesn't want this message. Are you Judas? Okay. And the third person is Satan. Charlie, these are top guys. Who? Top enemies. <laughs> and they all hate this concept of sacrifice. Alright? Remember in Matthew 16, we read it already. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and be killed and be raised again the third day. But Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things of, that be of God, but those that be of men. Amen. Amen. Well, Satan is also against this whole idea. Who is against you being a missionary? Satan. Antichrist. Judas. Being a missionary, serving God, growing up, starting early, loving God, following him, going to church. Satan is against it. Judas is against it. The Antichrist is against it. And that's what brings the spirit of desolation. And surprisingly, it is the interest of men. So it sounds the most logical. So in the church, you can preach it and you see it. I tell you, I just see one picture. Watch TBN, watch Revelation Channel, watch all the wonderful channels and the you see churches that you never heard of. Large ones. You knock churches. Big. Full of money and full of people. No ability or even interest. You see, when, when I say that, uh, because I have been young and I'm older, I know the difference in myself of interest in a female. Because I can actually see the barometer dropping. The interest just going down like this. As you grow older. So I can, I can imagine what a eunuch is. You see and you even wonder why people marry. So what? What is this? It's nothing. Huh? I'm closing if you are sleeping. It just is the last minute. So you might as well wake up for the last minute. Just one minute more. Huge eunuchs. Have you seen a dog like this? Huge. It cannot even do arm. Not even arm. It just eats and it's all the The picture of the dog and the sight of the dog is frightening. Only psychological. 
That's how the church is. Psychologically powerful, but in reality, no power. God, forgive me for all the things I have said, Lord, that are wrong. Please have mercy on me. In Jesus' name. Hey! Big, intimidating looking, but actually, no power. Even the power to change the members of the church, there's none. The churches are filling stadiums. And you can either say stadiums or stadia. Both are correct. The churches are filling stadiums. Arenas. You can't even imagine. Absolutely powerless in Somalia. In Guyana. In, I mean, the whole world over. Abandoned to the fate of whatever. Even the interest is not there. I was in this church in America once. A church which has millionaires. One of the church members gave five million dollars once. Rich people, stars. Film stars. Money. When we came to missions, work, outreach, as I said, I was ashamed when you started to read out the places where you have missions. He said, we don't have even one. One long-term mission. What's a long-term mission? When they say they are doing missionary work, they just say, choose your holiday time. Your holiday time should be in August and September. So in August and September, we follow our pastor and we'll go to Africa and we'll go and tour two or three orphanages. Do some missions work and come back. Or spend your holiday here, help to repair the church, take your carpentry tools, whatever, help to repair the church, sing one or two songs, maybe... I don't know if they will even do witnessing. Hey, meanwhile, the money that we have eh, more. This message that I have eh, I wonder who can bear it. Can we bear it? Huh? Pastor Richard, can we bear it? Jerry, can we bear it? Stand to your feet, everybody. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blessing today. For giving us the strength to go through the whole day to talk about your sacrifice. Lord, we praise you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Honor us, O God, with the opportunity to serve you more in Jesus' name. Forgive us for every condemnatory attitude, judgmental spirit that we may have had as I was preaching about your church or anyone who is serving you. Forgive us, Lord. We don't intend it that way. And even if we intend it in our heart, please forgive us. And we pray for mercy for us. Father, if you can use us to do anything, please use us. What we have does not seem much. But we still want to give it all to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated. Come back at 6 a.m. All right. God bless you. Are you not happy to close? You don't want to close? Why? It's too early. I don't think so. That is what I believe in. But I believe one day, if I die, the end of the end of it is what we will see whether. I am believing in the light or I'm believing in the Bible. Because when I die, that is when I would know. 
that all that I believe in is a lie. But for now, I believe in the word of God and I'll follow it. So when I started like going to church and get into Christianity more, one day what he told me that impressed me was, Victor, now I realize that you are changing, but one day I will, li- I will leave to come into your church whilst you are preaching. And I, was so, and I was so touched. And I remember that scripture that, let your light so shine before men, that they might glorify your Father in heaven. So I think <laughs> it's a good thing for all of us to live a, a Christ-like, how to call it, life, for people to believe in us and follow Christ. That is my message. Amen. All right. Which which branch do you belong to? North Kensington. North Kensington. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Yes. Related. The first one is, um, as like as I'm working in a church, like as a lay person, I'm struggling with um, like having a dual vision, like because I know if I go to um, uni anyway, what I'm doing, I'm going to leave it anyway for full time. So basically, there is no point. So I don't know. So I'm not motivated to do that. So I'm not sure about it. Whether you should finish your university. Yes, because I know I'm going to leave it anyway. No, you still have to finish so, your school. So I'm struggling with that. And so that's the end of the struggle. Just, you've got to finish it. Don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't try any reasons not to do school. There's nothing like not going to school. University is basic. Just go and finish it. And the, and the second question is... Um, what, what, uh, how can you live a, a Christian life or um, how can you be a true believer when you're working in a very hostile environment which does not really conform to your, um, your beliefs and what you really stand Such for. as what hostile environment? Such as being in the armed forces. Are you in the army? Yes, Bishop. And it's hostile to what? It's, it's like um, at the moment I'm a, I'm a military student know that after my course I'll be somewhere I don't want to be and then I want to be on the mission field so um, it's a bit it, the journey's a bit blurred to me I, I don't I'm a bit I'm really confused I don't know what to do because um, I want to be out and go on the mission but um, I don't know I just I just know that uh, I, I also don't know you have to choose yourself <laughs> You may finish, you may go to it. When are you finishing? Um, 2011. <laughs> ah. 2011, that's when you finish the school. That, no, the school, I'll finish, the school I'll finish next year, next January. Uh-huh, you finish in January. Yeah. And then you'll be what, a corporal? Yes. Then you I've start got, as a corporal? Yes. Yes, Bishop. Then I've got four years to do. Uh, you got to work for four years. So you may be sent to Iraq, Idis, anywhere. Yeah. That's it. How long is the military training? Um, the, the training itself is how long? The training itself. I've done that already. So that, You've that done was, the training already? Yes. That was, th- that was just three months. Basic training. Then I went to my phase two training, which is a student, being a student, for two years. In the where? In Birmingham. And that one is how long? 
That's for two years. I've done a year already. As a as an army officer? Um, no, I can commission, but I've, I've not decided on that yet because if I commission, I'm going to be in for longer, which I don't want to. So, so we are doing two years of what? Of being a student, and I'm of a military student, learning a trade. Learning a trade. What trade are you learning? Um, operating department partition. It's like like a field surgeon or something like that. A field surgeon. How to operate on people? Basically, yes. It's teaching. You are a good example of people who pay a very high price for a lot of things. When did you join the army? Um, about two and a half years ago. Yeah. And so you finished your training? Yes. Um, well, I had to wait a while to get on the course. So I was just basically waiting and doing that. Yeah. See people pay a price. One time, one of our church members in New Jersey, he was in Iraq. He's in the American Army. Hmm. He, the pastor was there when he called him. Eh? He said he couldn't talk. He said, what is happening here? said, they are all afraid. said, Pastor, I can die at any time. The guy was shaking. And then suddenly he had to go. I realized that people have things they can do for money. Make sure you stay alive for a long time. You're going to be rich, isn't it? They pay quite well, huh? Huh? Yes, Bishop. I see in Birmingham. Now they pay well. So they have to pay you a lot. Because you may not live for long, so they have to pay you a lot for the short time that you will be alive. Mercy. Huh? <laughs> a year wonderfully. You have a helmet. What about a bulletproof? What do you call it? <laughs> so what advice do you give him? What's your advice? Oh, you used to be in the military. Hey. My name 
is Ernest, and um, I used to serve in the British Army as well. And the um, best advice I can give him really is to stay in the faith. He's, he's fortunate to be a Christian and to know Christ Jesus in a unique way. Whilst he's in the military, um, there are many people in the army who are less privileged, who don't know Christ Jesus. It's your, it's your opportunity as a Christian to to um, to to bless them with the with the with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I know there were there are many Fijians in it in your. Your regiment. Who are There's many what? Fijians for Fiji people. What's Oh really? Yeah, and they're they're very very strong Christians, and um, if they don't they don't meet people who are black. They don't. When I was in the army, I was in, I didn't know Christ. I was a Christian. I grew up in the mission house and everything else. But give him. I, I can't hear what he's saying. I, I grew up in the um, I grew up in the mission house, and um, I didn't know Christ Jesus the way I know him now. And I wasn't a born-again Christian as well. But what I did was, when I left the military, I realized that the Fijians who are such strong Christians in the faith, they didn't have anybody they could look up to, especially black people. Neither did they have the white people to, to shame that faith, that, that, that love for Christ Jesus. And you as a Christian who is in the military have the opportunity to, to be with them and to let the white people know as well that there is a God, there is Christ Jesus. And even though they're going to war, even though they're going to end their lives in battle, they have the opportunity of giving their lives to Christ Jesus and to, to seeking salvation, to seeking a better life. You know what I mean? So that's all I can say, really. Why did you leave? Are you, have you left the military? Yes, I've left the, the army now. How many years did you serve there? I went in when I was 16 and I left when I was 18 and a half. You joined when you were 16? Yeah. Mm. Why, why did you leave? Um... Why don't you continue to stay there to witness to the white people? <laughs> and how old are you now? I'm, I'm 21 now. Okay. Yeah. The, the thing is, I, my grandfather is a reverend, and um, like I said, I, I grew up in the vision house. And as a Methodist, but even even though I was Methodist, as you know, John, John Wesley, the way I've heard you spoke, spoken about him, you know, in that way, it's only when I heard one of your, your messages that I realized that John Wesley was a, a unique man compared to what the Methodists are today. And um, when I came out of the military, I came out with the intention of going back as a British Army officer, because I was only a soldier then. And they gave me some money and everything else to, to better off myself, to gain some more qualifications. But while studying, while I was going to college, I came. I was invited to Lighthouse Chapel, and that's when um, Pastor Ben was preaching one time. And he was preaching on Matthew 22, and the last verse is, many are called, but only a few are chosen. And it really hit my heart and realized that if I'm am I called, and if I'm called, it takes no level to be chosen. And that, so from that day, my life started turning around. I started, and started reading the Bible in a unique way. I, I moved it, because I used to sleep with the, with the Bible underneath my pillow. And um, I used to believe that this, the, the, the Bible will cover me somehow, some way. You used to believe that what? The, the Bible. Yeah, that I'll, I'll receive a covering from the Bible. But um, as I started opening the Bible and reading into it, I came into new, new um, scriptures, such as Ephesians, Ephesians 6, where it talks about that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the darkness and powers of the world. And I realized the army wasn't the place for me, really. The army wasn't. It was a, it was a, 
it was a, a, a camouflage something by, the, by Satan himself to try and distract us human beings from, from doing the good, the, good, the good thing of having love, love for one another and for... for, um, for um, Which church do you go to? Lighthouse Chapel. Which, which lighthouse? Main, Main Branch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who's Pastor Ben? Oh, okay. And where is he? Why doesn't he come for these camps? Last time he didn't come either. No. Okay. Yes. So, um, so since then, I just I decided to go to, to I wrote to them. I informed my mom. I spoke to my grandfather, and um, because he's a reverend, it was easy for me to to um, to leave him. So you can understand this message of sacrifice. Oh, definitely, surely I do understand. It. It's 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 vital as as Christians that we we sacrifice. But I think I think as Christians we we tend to fall fall short of misunderstanding what Christ Jesus and what God is all about love, and and we don't know the genuine meaning of love, and that's what is really blinding us and, and drawing us back from from doing the will of God. So do you understand sacrifice more because you've been a soldier before? Or you never really had to sacrifice your life. Did you ever go to war, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> or you just trained, but you never went? No, I went to Ireland for six months. Ireland. Oh, okay. You've not been to Afghanistan or this type of place? The, the, the Afghanistan war, the, the Iraq war started two months before, before um, I left. It was my, my battery left as well. It was my battery that went. And the strange thing is, it, it just happened so in such a, a quick, quick moment. The, the army wanted me to become an army, army officer, and my battery was going to Iraq. So the, the, some officers wanted me to go to Iraq. Some officers wanted me to go, go for training as an officer. So I, I believe that God, God took me out for a reason. I believe that God put me through the military for a reason as well. And, um, and so are there a lot of black people in the army? There are many Ghanaians, many, many Ghanaians, many black people. Many, <laughs> many Ghanaians? Yes. Yeah. What about Nigerians? No, no Nigerians, Ghanaians. No Nigerians? No. It's, it's majority, majority Ghanaians. Majority of the black people in the British army are Ghanaians. Ghanaians, yeah. Who else is in the army? You are also in the army. No, are you in the army? No, no, it's all right. Okay. All right. What, what do you want to say? What you're saying is true, but we also have to find out from the gentleman the motive why he went into the army. Because the thing is, um, when I came into this country long ago, somebody advised us that it's a fast way of getting a British passport. That is, the, most Ghanaians go in because maybe if you have a degree, you can do your postgraduate and then you get, when you serve for some time, after you get your work permit and everything. So it's almost like if you are in for that motive, then when you come out, Maybe you might not know what you will do. So it's, it's different when the person is a British who is growing up and then goes into it. He can easily come out and then turn into something else. But when you go into it, 
because of such a motive and then at some point you want to come out it's either you will lose the status the reason why you are here or they can court much can they court much you if you stop at some point um i didn't go in for that i had my status already what did you go in for um, basically i just had just come out of school that was in 2003 which school first beam school uh, yeah and uh, in ghana in ghana yes and then um, the thing is I, I didn't i knew that and they recruited you in ghana no i was recruited here i was recruited here but why i went i went in for was really uh, should i say independence for my for my parents for my folks what about your friend what did you go in for i think um frankly <laughs> Yeah, actually, I went in for um, lots of things. One of it is, is, is getting your status here. It's part of it. And secondly, it was like it was an easy way to, to finish your education or um, get more well-trained. And also, um, it was the form of discipline that um, attached to it. So that when they come up, because I was a bit relaxed and I didn't keep my timings. But then um, when I got into the army, I had to. So have you finished now? Not yet. You finished the school? I didn't go to, but I, I, I went for the basic training. And I did just three months um, training. So uh, you are now going to be posted? I'm already posted. To where? Um, Abingdon Close to Oxford. Where? Abingdon. Abingdon. UK anyway, but then it's very close to um, Oxford. Ah, okay. But you may be sent to Iraq or one of those places. Definitely. So which which church are you in? And you? Birmingham. And you Apache. What are, what's your name? Ernest. And your name? Richard. Okay. It's interesting. Well, I think if you had spoken earlier, I would have had more windows when I was preaching. I would have used you as examples. <laughs> My brother, I cannot take that decision for you, Richard. You have to take that decision for yourself. There is nothing we can say. I mean, you, you know why you went there, what you went to do, what you are doing there, etc. You see. So... Uh, the Lord bless you, okay? And the Lord give you wisdom and keep you. And if you go to the mission field, may you live and not die. May you return in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Yes, my dear. I had wanted to ask if Friday morning you had prayed for the camp in a certain way because she dreamt, or can I say she died, and you appeared and you said, get back into the body. And it's, it's a whole long story that I would like her to say, but she was just feeling shy, so I'm taking the first opportunity to say it. 
Hello, Bishop. Um, <laughs> my name is Mary. Um, on Friday in the morning, my sister called me. That was about 8.30 in the morning. And she told me to get up and open the door for the beating man because I was going, coming to fix her phone. So I got up and I opened the door for him. And I said to him, if you want anything, just call me because I'll be upstairs. So I went upstairs and I just all in it, just go back to sleep and I'll get up later. And I thought I was dreaming because um, I was just walking with some of my dead relatives. And I even saw my dead sister. She died in 2002. And I was just walking with her. And she said, ah, why are you walking with me? And I said, because ah, I'm your sister. I said, you can't be walking with me because I'm dead. So if you're walking with me, it means that you're also dead. I said, well, that can't be. I'm not dead. He said, yes, you are. So we just kept on walking. And uh, I saw a door. And uh, there were people who were just going through that door. And I wanted to go through that door. And she said, no, if you go in through that door, and if it closes, you won't be able to come out. So I was fighting with her. I said, no, 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 I want to go in. She said, no, 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 don't go, don't go. I said, no, I have to go. So as I was just going, the door was just about to shut. And when I turned back, I saw my daughter. She was crying, calling out for me. So I said to her, no, I can't come there. She said, oh, no, no, mommy, come back. So when I went there, I was trying to comfort her. And the door just, just sort of shut so I couldn't go inside. So, what I really remember, because I don't remember what happened after that, but um, I saw myself opening our front door, the house, and I saw a flatmate. She was coming out, going to work, and I said hello to her, but she couldn't, she couldn't answer me. And I thought, ah, what's wrong with this girl? So, I went upstairs to my room, and I opened my door, and I saw my body on the bed. And I was thinking, ah, what's happening? Because that can't be. When I'm here, what's happening? Why is my body over there? And my phone started ringing. And I was trying to pick up the phone, but I couldn't pick it. And I was like, ah. I was trying to think. Then something just came in my mind. I thought, oh my God, I'm dead. But that can't be how. I just went to sleep and I'm here and my body's just there. As I was just wondering, I turned back and I saw you and um, Reverend Joe. And you said, go back in the body. And I just, I managed to pick up my phone. That's what really happened. And I was just, um, I just really thank God because... Because uh, now when I'm just thinking, I thought, well, maybe yeah, I was really dead. I don't, don't really know because when I just turned back, I saw you. And I thought, oh, maybe I was really dead. So I just want to thank God that whatever happened maybe brought me back to life for a reason. And I just want to thank him for everything. Amen. <laughs> Mercy. Write it down. Write it down one day when you're preaching. What's your name? Mary. One day when you're preaching, you tell them, you know, one day I died. You tell them what happened, what it's like to die. But you came back, saw your body standing there. Well, that's me. Mercy. Have you watched this film Ghost? I, after recently, I decided to get that film and watch it again, and I watched it. And although there are many Mulliganos parts, you really see that thing. You know, this person is out. Can't make 
When will it be, Irene? You are no better than the chicken in the farm who doesn't know who will be selected tomorrow to die. Forgive. Powerful. I think we'll break. We'll come tomorrow morning, as I said. I believe that we have had a good time. And I believe that. Yeah, what's your question? Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blaspheme shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh a word against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither on, in this world, neither in the world to come. My question is, how do I blaspheme and how do I speak against the Holy Ghost? If you read before that, the Jesus, Jesus was doing something and they said that he was working by Beelzebub. The spirit he was working by was an evil spirit. And that is what provoked Jesus to say that. So, when somebody is doing something and you say the spirit is another spirit, you got to be a bit careful because you may be walking in dangerous waters. Alright? Great. Father, thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Alright, folks, we'll see you 6 o'clock in the morning. Eugene asked me a question. He's asking, asking a question. Yeah. Have you finished university? Anybody who wants to go to the mission field, raise your hand. Let me see. You finished school. Raise your hand. You, you want to go on a mission field. One, two, three, four. Okay. Where are you? You finished university? Have you finished? So only one person has finished. Two, three, four. What does this mean? You raise your hand, you put it down. What does it mean? Ladies. You are finishing something. I know that. So that finished that. And what about you? Ladies, yeah? You here, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's like finished. And who else? You finished, okay. And you? Who else? Are you married? You have beloveds? Unmarried? No beloved? You have. Uh, so your beloved will control you. Who's beloved? Victor. Who's Victor's beloved? Ah, that's Victor's beloved. Okay. Yes, my dear. Yeah, you've just started ACCA. Where do you come from? Which country? Zimbabwe. Uh-huh. Yes, that's, that may be what it means. You don't want to wait for two years? You want to go now? Yeah. What did you come here to do? Um, actually, well, I left Zimbabwe in 2002, and I have a son. I had a son at that. T- I have a son, and I went to America. I was in New York City, 
and um, I initially went there as an au pair, and then after that I, became to, I began to study radiology. But suddenly, um, in 2004, I began to miss my son so much, and I couldn't understand what was happening. And um, I was crying, and I couldn't understand. I just was praying about it at the same time. Then I was asking God, that God, is this feeling coming from you, or it's from the devil? I don't understand what's going on. So my sister asked me to come into this country because she was here. And she said, come to England and then you bring your son over and then I'll help you to take care of your son. So I came here and this is when I began to go to, to come to Lighthouse. And um, I tried to apply for a visa for my son to come here. He was denied the visa. So then later on, I could not still understand why but it actually dropped into my spirit today that you have to serve God. This is the reason. You have to sacrifice. It was, it's all for God. That's why you, have, you came into this country. And I believe totally that God has called me and that God has sacrificed. So I'm thinking that two years. No. But which church are you in? Which of the churches? Leeds. Leeds. Uh, where is the Leeds pastor? Where is he? Well, that's great. So, I think, what do you do in church? I'm the leader for area outreach. Oh, yeah, leader for the area I think you should continue. When did you become a Christian? Recently? No. Um, what happened is I grew up in church, and then I committed my life in 2001. I, committed, I recommitted my life, but I've always been in church almost yeah. every Sunday. So... Not so serious. Not so serious. Mercy. Okay. So I think you need to carry on and be more serious. And staying here will give you the chance to be more serious. And you see, like for instance, when you come to a camp like this, you hear the message like this, you become very fired up. You understand? When you go back, like you wonder, are you still as fired up as you were? Are you with me? But then... You've got to get to the point where whether you come for the camp or you don't come for the camp, you are still fired up. It doesn't really matter whether you come to the camp or not. So time will also show whether that commitment is just an emotional high or something else. All right? So you need to carry on serving the Lord and be very serious. In a year, two years time, what's your name? Daddy Lay. Okay, Daddy Lay. So in a year or two years time, you'll be very, very ready. We have some people coming from Zimbabwe uh, to Ghana, from Namibia and all over. And they are coming to be with us for some time and so on. So many of you can have that chance if you really want to come. You understand? But you, you, you need to be very sure of what you are doing. Otherwise, when you come, you wonder, listen, was I thinking correctly? Was I just moved by some emotion? Or am I sure of what I want to do? What do you think? Is it a good idea? So it's powerful, isn't it? Okay. So the Lord will bless you, right? What's, what's up? As long as we want it to take years, years and years and years. Be old by the time we are 
old spiritually. All right. I forgot your name. So I hope I've answered. It's because of Eugene's question. If you want to come, write a letter and put it here before I go. And then if you want to come, you always just contact Pastor Richard. And I don't think it's difficult. If you want to come, just come. A lot of thinking, a lot of calculation. You never come. It doesn't work that way. The earlier you do what you got to do, do it. leave the others to stay here and take their vitamins. Don't forget. And check your gas. That is not leaking. Alright. What do you think? Huh? Make sure your car is very nice. So that when we visit you can take us around in a nice car. And that the starter is working. <laughs> All right, you are blessed. We stay here until midnight. Then you see that. <laughs>